Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends, wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I. Feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm actually not joined by Kyle Carpenter because, well, today's his one-year wedding anniversary, and I refuse to let him record with me. So I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, friend of the show. He's basically a co-host at this point, Mike Roach. Mike, man, how are you doing? Let's just be real. I'm just replay- I'm Wally Pipping Kyle. We're just running him out of there. I'm running in. That's fine. Just <laughs> box him out, put a hip on him. You get him out of the paint. I'm not worried Absolutely. about it. Fre- Running right out. I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. The 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 freshly shorn or sh- oh yeah, I forgot you you guys last saw me when I had the crazy beard. Uh, yeah, it got too hot. Um, it got too messy. And uh, when when barbershops became a thing again in Texas, I was like, cut this off. So uh, how did the wife react? I know she was a fan. She's a fan of the beard. Um, I mean, like you can see it. It's not totally gone. It's just short. Um, so she was, uh, as long as it's not totally gone, she's fine with it. That's good. My, my wife actually had a, a, a dream the other night and she woke up mad at me that I, that I cut my hair and my beard. Very, <laughs> very not happy about it, which is a weird thing. So we've got Mike on this week because Texas, uh, got some good news on the recruiting trail last week. We briefly mentioned it. Uh, but as Kyle and I often say, we know just enough to get in trouble. But we like to bring on people that actually know what they're talking about. So Texas picked up two commitments in the secondary, uh, kind of a package deal four-star safety jd coffee and four-star cornerback a quarterback ishmael ibrahim uh both out of the dallas eric hennendale and kimball respectively so uh mike what what did is how did these two become a package deal and how did texas land uh such a highly coveted pair yeah, so these two guys have probably been two of the top targets on their defensive backboard um for a while, especially since the new staff got here. Um, and, and both of them play together on the same seven on 17 Texas flex um, where they are, they play in the same secondary and, and are, are good friends. And so, you know, Texas kind of used that angle with them to, Hey, come play together here. And um, you know, they, they kind of talked to each other and decided they would stay home. That's a really actually super talented seven on seven team in Texas. Um, I mean, not only does have those two guys, Garrett Nussmeyer quarterbacks that, uh, the LSU commit Andrew Makuba, the Texas safety targets in that secondary uh, Deuce Harmon, the A&M commits the other corner in that secondary. So that's a loaded uh, seven on seven team. And uh, so Texas got basically, you know, talked to those two and um, you know, with, with coffee, it was really a thing of Chris Ash pursuing him as hard as, as, you know, anybody out there. And, you know, I think for JD, Texas was always kind of going to be the pick as long as they showed en- enough interest for ish. It was a, it was a very different story. He's um, you know, that's one Jay Valai really outworked everybody for. He, he showed up, you know, from day one intent on landing Ibrahim. And I've said this before on, on numerous places, you know, uh, people I talked to said he was very high up, maybe even the number one corner on, on the Texas board nationally. Um, and then uh, another power five coach I spoken with at another school told me that he felt Ibrahim had um, you know some of the best potential and, and highest ceiling of any corner in the country so obviously a big land you know Texas won him away from LSU and uh, Georgia Michigan Oklahoma A&M so some big schools they went to battle with it to get uh, both those guys absolutely that was that was Jay Valai's like first 
pickup, I believe, since he's been on staff, right? That was his first, like, he's been integral in a couple of recruitments, but that was his first, like, this is my position, this is my guy. That was his top target and went and got him and won him fairly early. I love it. That's awesome. So, um, focusing on, a, we'll, we'll kind of hit each of them real quickly. So, Coffee had a little bit of a, a drop off his junior year from his sophomore year, but still highly productive, 71 tackles, two interceptions. What do we what do we like about, about Coffee and what does he bring to, to the campus? I'm very familiar with Kennedell. It's about 10 miles from my house. Uh, one of my best friends in the world from childhood is on that coaching staff. So, like, he, I remember him telling me, you're going to want to pay attention to this J.D. Coffee kid when he was a freshman starter on their state championship. Uh, not They didn't win state. They went to state. Um, and people will remember they played Carthage, ran into Carthage, and Keontae Ingram went crazy on him in his senior year. But that was the state final game. But, you know, that's the great thing about Coffee is he's so experienced. He's been a four-year starter at Kennedale, extremely productive. Um, and, you know, since that state title team, they've really seen their talent level dwindle a little bit. So, uh, you know, there's times where he's been having to play multiple roles, and I think it's kind of drained his productivity a little bit. But he's always kind of been that team guy. In fact, this year I think there's a decent chance he plays quarterback for them as well. Um, so, you know, with, with J.D., you're getting somebody who's really experienced. I always call him like a le- – he's a little bit less athletic version of Caden Stearns. He's got the same type of – uh, instinctual ability that you saw in Stearns in his high school career. Um, he knows the game. Like he's extremely smart. I love that in safeties. I love when safeties like know the game because they see the whole field. Um, you know, I remember I, I grew up in the same town as Michael Huff and and his secondary coach in high school is one of my best friend's dad. And he always told me, you know, yeah, we knew Huff could run like the wind, but the best thing about him is we trusted him to stand back there and get everybody lined up and kind of captain the defense. And so uh, when you can get a brain like that on the back end, it's it's really great. And that's why I think coffee brings – he'll come down, he'll hit you. Um, I mean, he's going to play a little bit more of in a box role than a true coverage role, but he's he's physical, um, tackles well, and just really tough. I mean, he's just he's just a rugged, smart, instinctual kid. He, he's not going to blow you off the off the charts with testing numbers or anything like that, but I really love, you know, the, the full package he brings. And those the the descriptions you you use physical tackles well plays in space like that's what Chris Ash's calling cards are if you hear him talk about what he likes in a in a safety so I think it's it sounds like a perfect fit so Ibrahim's uh, a little bit more of a uh, all around athlete two sport guy two hundred meters long jump uh, on the track side and again he's a kind of long rangey kid so what do we what do we want to expect from him uh, when he makes it to campus yeah so Ibrahim I call him he's basically the opposite of JD he's not that experienced he only plays started playing corner two years ago um, and really still learning the position. Now he's built at 6'1", 170-ish, and and is built perfectly to play press man, uh, which is what they really want out of those defensive backs. And so, uh, you know, with him, he has a lot of bounce to his game. I don't know that he's got a verified running number that that would blow your mind, but I can recall the first time I ever saw Ish in person was two years ago right when he was kind of transitioning into corner and he was trying out for what was goon squad and is now Texas flex, the seven on seven team. And they were doing a drill where you backpedal, flip your hips and then elevate immediately to, to high point of ball. And I saw him take off and it just, it was one of those things where like, man, that's different. He does that different than everybody. You know, if you, if you watch Jordan jump, you, you know, you could see he, he didn't so much jump as he would like glide, kind of explode up and glide and soar. And that's kind of the way Ish is. And so when you see that bouncy athleticism in the lower half of a guy with his build, you know, he's got some, some special tools. Um, I think that he's still incredibly raw. He's in DISD, which means that the coaching is 
probably a little less. They don't get as many resources and things like that. But, uh, man, potential for that kid is through the roof, uh, especially when he starts to put weight on. Love it. That's that's I like potential. I like I'm taking potential. So that jumps up. I think believe Texas in uh, to number nine in the rankings for this year. Uh, Tom Herman back in the top ten. Now we there was some conversation about this on Twitter, and and Mike, we have to have this conversation. So Texas just offered uh, a defensive tackle, Albert Regis, and when I opened up his his huddle. I, would be, I thought I had the wrong guy um, because, well, the first like four and a half minutes are him playing wide receiver. So um, really the question I want, like 247 has him ranked pretty, uh, like in the top 247 and it's higher than the rest of the kind of the consensus. So like, what do you guys see in him that I think everybody else is missing? I think it's just that raw athleticism, right? Like he's six one three hundred. And you're you're watching him run routes as a tight end and an H back and a receiver, and he's running like like he's Gronk or something. I mean, it's a, he's not running like a five yard out. He's running deep routes and he's killing people down the seam. He's catching the ball. He's running after the catch effortlessly, and that's really what you look for in a guy. That type of fluid athleticism and a body like that, it's really hard to come by. And so, yeah, at six one, he probably doesn't have the overwhelming size you want in a defensive tackle. Although I think it's overrated when you look at the NFL and you look at guys like Ed Oliver and Aaron Donald who have really smashed that stereotype all to pieces. But, you know, really with him, it's I think he's he's just a really, really super interesting athlete. And I think with with a guy like that, man, if it doesn't work at defensive line, you put him at like tight end or age back and kind of see what you can do with him. And so I think we're we're more bullish on traits than than anything. Um and, and I think the traits scream off the page for Albert Regis. Fun, super fun film. Like, I mean, go do yourself a favor, Google Albert Regis Huddle and just watch. It's so fun to watch 300 pound guy run like that. Like him mossing folks, like just going up and over defensive backs is, is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, you mentioned he's six one. Like Texas fans should be familiar with what a guy who's like five eleven, six foot can do. Puna Ford, five eleven, right? Like that's a guy right. who is tearing it up in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's and I've you know I've had that argument with college coaches about you know why are we still buying into this this uh, DTs can't be short type of thing. Like I get it on the end, you want a little bit of length, but at tackle, I don't know when did leverage become a bad thing? You know what I mean? I, I completely, completely agree. So uh, Regis is a guy that I will be watching, and I'm very, very excited. So I got the last question for you, Mike, and I'll let you get back to uh, your wife, man. So what are the – it's it's kind of a weird spot where Texas is in some battles, but, like, what are the ones that Texas fans should be keeping an eye on? What should they be uh, focusing on? And, and really where where should Texas fans be, be sending their positive vibes and prayers? I'm glad you asked that, Gerald. I actually wrote a, an article today or I, I wrote it today. It will come, be coming out tomorrow. I don't know when the show is going to be releasing. Tuesday, yeah. Two, okay, so today, as you're listening to this, go over to Horns 24-7. You can read um, a portion of these. Are I, I wrote a head-to-head article with A&M and where things stand on head-to-head battles with Texas A&M, where Texas has won, where they've lost, and who's still on the board. So a lot of those who's still on the board battles are the ones you're going to want to pay attention to, specifically guys like LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, um, I think Shamar Turner's probably one of the biggest ones, the defensive lineman from DeSoto. That's going to be a, a big race for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I think probably since we last talked, I, I broke the world's heart with news on the Brockermeyers. I, I still don't think that one's quite over. And, um, you know, I, I think Alabama clearly has the edge right now. But 
Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised they haven't pulled the trigger as of yet. So I think that there's still a little room for hope there as well. Didn't dash my hopes completely with the Brocker Myers. You gave me a little bit. You're saying there's a chance is what we've got going on. So Mike, thank you so much for taking some time out, uh, to hang out with us. If people want to find what you have to offer, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, at Mike Roach 247 on Twitter. That's where I tweet, um, about things, uh, usually hockey, um, hockey, soccer, Lately, I, look, I don't know how serious you guys want to get on this. I don't know how much you've covered it. Um, lately, I've been retweeting a lot of police brutality videos because it's something I've I've had a feeling of for a long time that I've spoken out against police brutality for for a long, long time. Um, and you know, obviously, in in our country's day and age right now, it's 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 never been more prevalent than it is right now. And um, you know, I think that I've drawn a little heat from our fans, but. You know, in the end, this is something I've been passionate about. And um, so if you see a little bit on there, understand that this isn't a new a new thing for me. This is something I've been, you know, vocal about for a while. Um, so that stuff's on there. Look, like I try to have a, a little fun on Twitter. I try not to get too serious. But uh, right now, I just think we're in some serious times. Outside of that, um, Horse 24-7. And then I, I do a podcast twice a week, State of Recruiting. So uh, you can catch that as well. Absolutely. It's a, if you're, if you're into recruiting and you're not following Mike and listening to this data recruiting, you're absolutely doing it wrong, man. Mike, thank you so much uh, for taking some time out to, to hang out with me tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. I wish, uh, I wish we uh, had a little more and we had Kyle and all that. We could have a uh, uh, loads of fun like we usually do, but we'll just, uh, Hey man, you know what? I'll just pencil it in. Every time Texas gets a commit, I'll just block off some time for you guys. Cause I know, I know it'll be coming. That's actually perfect. That re- that will, that will work. Cause I mean, you, like I said, we, you were trying to box Kyle out here, really. Like we've been auditioning new co-hosts. Well, the problem is you guys are really good about being in advance and asking and you ask and I say yes. And then I forget. And so, um, you know, then I, I, you know, things like tonight I'm sitting there watching TV with the wife and like, Oh yeah, I gotta do this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> but obviously I'm always here for you guys. You guys are awesome. And so, uh, I'm glad I can, uh, glad I could jump on at any point. And as, as a producer, I thank you for that feedback. I will send you like a 24-hour <laughs> reminder so you're not like in bed. I'm like, oh, crap, I got to do this thing. And it's nothing to do with y'all. It's just I got a million things running through my mind day after day. So, And I'm ADD as all get out. So um, it doesn't – none of that helps. I should probably write stuff down, but I don't. Yeah, I, I get it. I really do. Mike, before we go, well, the last couple of times I've been on here, we've been talking about quarantine stuff. Yes. So I know we're not technically like in quarantine anymore. People are going out. You should stay at home, though, really. The, we should, we should, but there are things that I have to get out for. Um, but Outer Banks, it's what I'm watching now. Um, man, it's like a teen drama type thing. Somebody explained to me it's the OC meets uh, National Treasure. And um, <laughs> I, I didn't know that that would draw me in. My wife and I binged the whole thing, and I'm kind of ashamed to say I love it. So uh, check out Outer Banks if you have time. Okay. So I've I've heard people talk about Outer Banks, and it's <laughs> – I'm not an OC guy, but National Treasure, I will, like, if it's on oh, TNT yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, I'm like, oh, yeah. we're not doing anything else until Nicolas Cage is off his TV. Right. I'm a big National Treasure guy. So, I don't know, man. It's, like, it's really, it's kind of dumb, but it's really suspenseful. I think it does a good job, like, drawing on suspense and keeping you engaged and stuff. So, it's 10 episodes. Give it a shot if you got time. With everything happening in the world nowadays, we need a little dumb entertainment, Mike. Absolutely. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thanks. So we've got a couple of football camp updates. So everybody is working out as of today. The freshmen checked in and onboarded last week. They gave them a week to get settled, and now they are working out. So 
the coaching staff is finally getting a look at the incoming group finally, but 13 more players have tested positive or presumed positive for COVID-19. So they will be sequestering. Uh, That is happening all over the country. Clemson had 28 athletes and staff members test positive. Kansas State has actually shut down their voluntary workouts because of the number of positive tests. So things are uh, touch and go in uh, college football right now with the testing. So we are still cautiously optimistic that we will have college football this year, which I will do a preview show on Thursday. A little bit of baseball news as well. Duke Ellis signed with the Red Sox as an undrafted free agent, a $20,000 about deal. Cam Fields, right-handed pitcher, has entered the NCAA transfer portal as a graduate transfer. So both of those guys are moving on to different things. And we'll obviously keep up with all of the free agent and Well, just contract signings of all the guys that were drafted into the MLB. But that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. And so I want to bang the drum this week on you guys, our listeners, and our audience, and the people that we interact with uh, really regularly. So Kyle and I last week uh, had a conversation about the eyes of Texas and our Thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the, the requests made by players. It's not an easy thing to have the things that you are uh, invested in and take pride in uh, potentially change. Even the thought of it brings some uh, some apprehension and some thoughts and some feelings. And, and we both had several people reach out to us on social media to, to just get more insight and to get some information. I, I put up an article on uh, the BON website about my kind of experiences as a black student and my thoughts on the eyes of Texas and where we should be at um, is really personal to me. And so I appreciate everybody that reached out with kind words. Uh, Jerry Gibbons on Twitter reached out. Uh, Timothy Burrell on Twitter reached out. Ben Blaylock, uh, Jared, man, a lot of people reached out to us and just to, to tell us that they they were appreciative of the the thoughts and opinions that we put, even if they didn't agree, um, the fact that you are willing to listen to another opinion, listen to another thought, um, and be open to hearing perspective, uh, it, it makes me feel, uh, like we are exactly where we need to be because even if these conversations are hard to have, we have to have the conversations. Um, and even if things don't change and don't go exactly the way that we want them to, uh, we still, the conversations are important to happen. And the simple fact of the matter is we as people need to do a better job of listening to each other. I feel like, uh, one of the things I tell my leadership trainees all the time, if you don't know, I'm a leadership coach and trainer in my, uh, full-time gig is that you got to listen, uh, seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. And so I appreciate everybody that's reached out, uh, and did that. It, it's, it's tough. And, um, and I, I hope I have been as receptive to your thoughts as uh, you have mine, but it's really, uh, been an incredible, incredible moment for me just to, uh, hear the, the things you had to say and listen to your opinions and have some really, really productive conversations. So I say all that to say, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for being, uh, a part of what Kyle and I try to do every week. Uh, this is literally a dream come true for both of us. I remember in college, we would always talk about, Hey, let's, we want to do a radio show back when, before podcasts were a thing, cause Kyle and I are old. Uh, we want to do a radio show and talk about the Texas Longhorn. So this is literally, uh, two college kids living out their dreams. And, and I am so, so appreciative, uh, of the opportunity, but that's all I've got for you. 
today. If you want to find us on the internet, you can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Gooder. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back on Thursday to preview our Kansas State matchup as we continue our march through the schedule. You can check me out on my other podcast, Two Woke Nerds. We're talking video games this week. That should be out on Thursday as well. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And until next time, hook them.